Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the markets as well as in life. Hosted by Corinne, Claire, and Alexandra, who come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, spirituality, yoga philosophy, day trading, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore a different aspect of the economics of the markets, from following Bitcoin to more complex topics like blockchain governance and decentralized finance. But we don't just stop there. We also examine and discuss the astrological implications of these topics, exploring the different zodiac signs, the houses, the moon phases, and how they might approach financial decision-making and investment strategies. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is a podcast for you. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes and come expand your consciousness with us through the world of the financial markets with an astrological lens. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good evening. How are we doing? Good, good, good. How's the eclipse season treating you, ladies? Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Alex, you start. What? I said you start. Okay, well, so the eclipse season was, began, I don't even know how many days ago, because that's how it's been. I have, a, <laughs> I have a very odd, irregular sleep schedule and I can't go against it. So thankfully my work and businesses have just been able to, like, you know, I can go with it, but I've been sleeping like crazy and I've been having these intense dreams and it's like, I just like the, I mean, it just feels like veils I've been pulling off, veils around these subjects have been lifted veils on this subjects and like just stuff that actually hasn't mattered is now disintegrating and now I'm dealing with the emotional repercussions of it which is Mm. good that's how we get to the other side you know we we feel it out yeah I so oh my like I just wanted to yell yes to everything you just said because like the weird (laughs) sleep ever since literally the night of the eclipse the dreams have been weird I woke up at four o'clock in the morning for anybody else that lives in Florida you know what I mean and we had this crazy like it sounded like the purge was coming it was like everybody's phones went off because there was this emergency test happen at like four something a.m on the eclipse night and it woke everybody up in panic and then you look at your phone and it was just like a test it was like because you have your phone on do not disturb or you turn it yeah I sleep with my phone on airplay mode but I try I like disabled the broadcast system somehow right anyway go on (laughs) on on two phones and an apple watch so that was pretty wild and then the dreams have just been insane and actually Claire I have to tell you this Alex and I had like the same dream 
Oh my wow. gosh, we did. We had this same, but her, yours was a real dream and mine was a daydream. Yeah. She like texted me being like, oh yeah. So like had this dream. We were in like these like bougie homes somewhere in the jungle. And I was like, yeah, we were in Costa Rica. I had the same dream. <laughs> yeah. And like the same people That's- were in the dream. It was so odd. Yeah. That's amazing. That's crazy. But what about you, Claire, and the eclipse? How did how did you go? Uh, well, the eclipse, I wasn't expecting this, actually, but this eclipse has just broken me open in a couple mm. of different ways, actually. I mean, I just feel like I've been through so many dark nights of the soul at this point that I'm like, bring your best, like, come on, bring it. But it's just, yeah, it's really interesting, really challenging me. Um, in areas of my identity, my values, like what is a priority for me? Um, And yeah, really pushing in those kind of areas. So really interesting. And I'm like, oh my God, it's not even the like full moon lunar eclipse yet. Oh my God. (laughs) But I think it's really good. And I think, you know, sometimes when I talk about this, people are always like, but Claire, because you pay so much attention to the astrology, you know, you always have like have these different things around full moons and things like that. But um, what it is, is it's not like that I'm really like seeking out, you know, things to like disrupt me or upset me or anything like that. But it's really about like aligning to the ebb and flow of the energy of creation. And Mm -hmm. so when you allow yourself to be in that, then it just it allows you to open up in ways that um, previously you wouldn't and um, without that awareness you wouldn't and you know it's not always I mean since we've been doing this podcast there's been some pretty crazy astrology but it's not always like these deep dark you know um, soul crushing things um, it's you know sometimes it's really positive and really good and you can ride those waves as well so I did want to point that out but um, yeah it's yeah. it's been a, it's been a really fascinating one actually you said something oh I was just gonna gonna say Claire lots of strength and love (laughs) yeah big hugs virtual hugs virtual (laughs) hugs there's a quote that it's like an open mind uh, can't go back to its old dimensions and Mm -hmm. I feel that when you start to when one starts to study astrology or whatever school of astrology they start to study and they realize how aligned and connected we are to the shifts the planetary shifts i mean you you can't on it you can't ignore it you can't put you can't go back under the veil no 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 you can't and and also it's to be welcomed like that's you know that is how we grow and i think it's funny it's an interesting conversation because there's a lot of conversation around AI at the moment and you know some people are freaking out that AI is going to overtake the world and all of these kind of things and um I just I don't agree with that at all they can't replicate consciousness um and the thing is I think if you are worried that AI is being is going to take over the world or take you over I think it's really an opportunity to analyze what it is to be human and sort of I think it's a great opportunity actually for humanity to really step up and step into what it really is to be human because so many people I think just live 
to be productive, um, quote unquote productive. And, you know, th this 3D reality is all that there is. And that's just only one aspect of being human. So I think that this sort of evolution of AI is going to sort of push humanity into leaning into the other aspects of being human. And, um, you know, part of that is recognizing your part in creation and aligning to creation. And that's really what we're doing with astrology when we're observing these astrological transits is we're, we're aligning to that. And, you know, you want to let it do its work. You want to um, be in line with creation because that's really who we are. We're not, we're not robots. We're not these productive robots. That's not, that's a very limited view of what humans really are. So yeah, I think it's an interesting mm -hmm. conversation. I love that because I fully, like, I'm excited about AI. Yes, is there some dangerous sides of it that could potentially emerge? Absolutely. But every time that I look or think of a machine or a computer doing things that I believe the human shouldn't be doing because we are such a higher level than what that can be done, like what they can do. So for example, like when I see manual labor, I'm like, I send you love because you, you're doing that because we need that. But now that we have machines that could be doing that for us, let's let the machines do that for us while we step into these higher realms, these higher faculties that we're so blessed with because humans are made for so much more than doing these things that I repeat machinery as well as AI can be doing for us and to actually link it back to astrology that's what a big shift of Saturn coming into Pisces is also all about yeah. shifting away from the 3D we're literally shifting away from the 3D and we've got to start stepping into that higher dimensions call it the 5D um, because that's where I think the future lies and there's some really big lessons coming around that for all of us in the coming years absolutely I have like split things on what you said about Corinne about what you said about like AI essentially as helpers doing manual work um yes like I'm split on that because if you think about like how men have evolved in just like being able to build things and being able to create things and construct things like there's something that's so like primal for them to build and to construct and to create essentially if we take it back to creation but then also if you go way back in time you know um oh gosh what was the, the atlantis right and like the pyramids then you go back in time then and there was all this other high technology you know that was building these pyramids and building these ancient civilizations but what what i just got right now is that the the technology that was building those civilizations i think that came from within the soul of the human right wow. i love mm -hmm. that i don't know that's just where i went <laughs> yeah so yeah cool. No, so I, think, you, I think I think it's, it's sorry. sorry. <laughs> I just thought, do you think we're cycling back? I don't know if we're cycling. I mean, I, I don't know because the AI exposes a lot of darkness because what we need it to do or what it's coming out to do is trending is really like the human ego. It's showing the human ego. Hmm. 
and I'm like hmm so maybe we are maybe this is just part of the evolution of AI I don't know well I I think it's it's always you know it's always been a tale of two timelines right it's it's a with whatever technology it's you're not going to fight technology you're not going to stop technology so it's it's really a personal choice on how you use it or are you going to let it use you you know that's always been the choice it's like is it this transhumanist agenda or is it ascension you know it's it's those two choices and there's always going to be elements of both and i think the interesting thing is is like i mean what we've talked about on hadassah collective for years and you you guys and I have talked about this before is really um, this heart knowledge, this heart coherence and being led mm-hmm. from that space and yeah. really understanding the truth of who you are, of what it is to be truly human. And I think people are going to come unstuck if they don't have already, if they don't have an understanding and a connection to that. Because mm-hmm. I think the thing that's going to come up, especially in the next couple of years, is going to be tr- is truth. Now, sorry, this bird is really loud. Um, this includes, <laughs> it, it is, you know, we've already sort of had this, like, you know, the truth is subjective, your truth, my truth, and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Whereas, I mean, that all never really resonated with me. Like, I, I don't even, I'm not even interested in my truth. I'm interested in the truth, right? And um, the only way that you can kind of discern that is really through the knowing of the heart and mm. not, not logic and i think this is where um the timelines are going to split a bit because truth is going to be very hard to discern through logic i mean we've seen all of these ai images my favorite one was probably the pope in balenciaga you can read into that whatever you will but you know they look so real and mm. these videos you know i i think everybody's seen that one of morgan freeman and um it's it's not really him but it it looks so real so it's going to be very hard to just with our five senses be able to discern is that real or not um but if you have that inner knowing it could be a video of your own mother saying something that looks super super real but you just know in your heart that's not her saying it so um you know that it's going to be that kind of level of discernment and I think that that's what this AI movement is going to sort of expose but you know and in a way it'll be detrimental to some areas of humanity but in another way it will really call people to level up and shift into that different way of being and knowing know thyself is what I just wrote down Um, Mm. I pulled the heart chakra card today when I was doing an oracle reading and like just an agreement of what you said as excuse me as society evolves and as the ai agendas can it be even called that evolves it will be really like um a skill almost i think or like a very valued quality to know yourself so deeply through your own heart that you do have the heartfelt discernment versus the logic discernment that heartfelt discernment to feel like what is what is real essentially Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's that's going to be really that's going to be really heightened over the next few years I think it's quite fascinating but it's funny because you know every every couple of years there's something for humanity to freak out about you know a couple of years ago it was the metaverse and 
suddenly everyone's going to just only live in the metaverse and they're not going to live real life and things like that. And and again, I said the same thing about the metaverse is that it's like, you know, I actually believe that that this 3D existence is a plane of reality. And, you know, when we're, you know, we're spirit beings first and we come into this body, it's like we put on this body like we put on a set of Oculus headsets when we put on this body we're experiencing this reality through the limitations of this body these senses and so i think the same thing when you put on that oculus headset you're experiencing that version of reality and the limitations you know that you have through through that apparatus and i think it's the same thing and again i think it's only an issue if you don't have an understanding that you actually are a spirit being first and you maintain that relationship and that connection um then you know then everything else is just something to be experienced just like this 3d reality um it's it's all just fun it's here to be experienced and to learn from learning earth school as alex would say i'm so grateful to know you guys this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) i love doing earth school with you ladies yeah absolutely Absolutely. Who's loving the Aquarian age? I love the Aquarian age already. Like I belong here. It's so fab. Yeah. I definitely prefer this mm-hmm. than where we've been. <laughs> I'm still feeling it out. But I believe in a greater good. I do believe that in the end, good wins. So I'm choosing to step into that, into all the beautiful things that are coming a hundred percent. And it's like that. Remember a couple of months ago, I feel like I was in some algorithm and that um, that quote um, kept coming up. I saw it on so many different podcasts, kept coming up on my Instagram about how you can't change the the current reality by fighting the current reality. But you you know, you Mm -hmm. can only create the new reality, making the old reality obsolete, basically. Let's paraphrase, it's Claire's version of that quote. Um, And I think, you know, I've, I've, again, in this eclipse season, I'm really being challenged with that. It's like, stop. Um, We don't need to fight the old reality. It's like, really, like, all we need Mm -hmm. to do is be open and willing to step into the new. And um, and everything that that holds for us to be able to hold that like higher vision of the new and step into that. And then the old reality will become redundant. Yeah, I'm really relating to that within just everything that I've been going through, kind of if shifting out of my work mm. with yoga and th- as a yoga therapist and shifting more into this like creator trader podcaster in the digital world but it's like it's so coming from my heart but it's the going with that flow and not battling that old identity maybe and just allowing it to happen allowing the and also the moon is in cancer right now so I felt incredibly sentimental all day has anyone else felt like that yeah, I mean, I have the last couple of days because, yeah, just that's kind of what I've been going through. It's like, I feel like I'm mourning the old. Like, I feel yes. like I'm mourning a past version of myself. And yes. so it feels it feels really sad, but it, it feels okay. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that's, yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been going through. So that feels aligned too. 
That's really interesting. I feel like I have a little bit of a different like experience for me. The mm-hmm. full moon really hit me hard, like physically and emotionally and mentally. And I feel like I'm still working through whatever came out from the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, the eclipse has definitely, so that's an eclipse in a new moon that we just had. Um, and I feel like that's more associated. I feel like new moons are uh, focused on release, whereas new moons are embracing the new, right? Because it's like the new chapter, the new phase. Yeah. Or yeah. Eclipse. The eclipse has really brought out like intense new somethings for people. And I feel like that hasn't hit me as hard. Um, it's definitely made me feel weird just in general because I feel the shifts and the changes and the lack of sleep, et cetera. Um, today with the moon in cancer, I cried for a few times until like fully bald. So <laughs> that definitely, definitely felt that today. Um, we are also in Mercury retrograde. Yeah. And is Mercury retrograde in Taurus. So I know that Mercury retrograde always likes to play up a lot of our communication and the way that we speak with people and communicate with people and also interpret information um, or maybe communication from others. And I know that that I feel like has added a layer on top of the full moon, what I need to release and let go of. Um, And why I also share this is because to those people listening, you know, that's the beauty about astrology too, that it affects everybody in different ways based on whatever it is that essentially your birth chart is (laughs) essentially, but based on what it is that you're going through, the lessons that are meant for you um, and whatever it is that you're meant to face. And then also how you choose to face it. Um, but that's a whole other level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So and... should we should we jump into what, what's coming up? So we've yeah. got the we've got the should... full moon and um lunar eclipse coming up in Scorpio in the fifth house. Should we oh, quickly gosh. mention how oh. Bitcoin actually reacted to this past eclipse? Yes, yes. But I think Bitcoin had a little bit of a cry too. <laughs> Price started coming down. Um, so we've had about a 10% drop in Bitcoin, quite an intense 10% drop within three days, uh, right around the eclipse. And you've got to be paying attention to the astrology. Anybody that listened to our our last episode would have known that this is this was possible, this was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We are looking at probably a 30 to 40% drop overall, whether it happens right now between this new moon to full moon phase in between these two eclipses or potentially headed towards the next full moon after that. But I feel like at the end of these two eclipses, especially that kind of big drop around the eclipse was the confirmation for me that was headed downwards. Um, And what was so wild is that not even wild. Like, I don't know why I keep acting surprised because I'm not anymore. Like, it was all (laughs) in the astrology. It was all happening in the 10th house, which has everything to do with people of authority, regulation, and what's been happening with the SEC and our little friend Gary Gensler. 
You know, it's mm. all about regulation of crypto. And I just like to point out, Gary's a Libra. So, oh. so Gary, he's, he's, he's always sitting on the fence. Oh, that too. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that, but exactly. <laughs> but like, he's the poor little man's like going through it. Like, that full moon in Libra, I feel like every Libra that I know <laughs> is going through it. It's like identity crisis, like getting hit really hard on their like purpose and their career. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool how it's all lining up. Poor guy, he's doing it in like the public, public domain. Mm, right. Mm, I yeah. mean, I think it, I think it's interesting. We should probably talk about regulation. I think, um, yes. you know, I think it's fascinating because some people are completely against regulation. Some people, you know, you know, we need regulation so that institutions can come and invest safely and and things like that. But um, like for me, I always believe in you know education above regulate before legislation you know of course but i think mm -hmm. in the realms of the um the broader crypto space like some good regulation it you know is necessary and um you know i hope it's coming because Crazy. i don't the thing that i dislike about regulation is that people seem to it breeds this false sense of security that mommy and daddy government have got it all covered and I'm going to be safe and they're going to protect me and if anybody does anything wrong then you know they're going to they're going to be punished and everything's going to be okay and this just isn't reality I mean look at history this isn't reality I think regulation in some way may be some kind of deterrent um, mm. but, um, you know, and th there needs to be a, a clear out in the crypto space. There's so many crap projects that are absolutely pointless and, um, there needs to be a bit of a clear out. So I welcome that. But what I would mm. say is that, you know, don't you know, don't expect regulation to save you and protect you. Like we, above all else, I believe that we're in the age of personal responsibility and yes. so we're responsible we're responsible for our own education our own understanding and our own decisions and um especially when it comes to crypto if you're looking for mommy and daddy government to save you and protect you i hate to be the bearer of bad news but it <laughs> does look like mommy and daddy could be smoking crack and <laughs> might not be <laughs> oh, <most> man. <laughs> might not be responsible enough to be looking after your best interest you know so you know Sorry. really it is about education educating yourself and um taking your taking responsibility of your own choices um but overall i do think that there needs to be some kind of regulation in in the the rest of crypto space like i think if you're a centralized entity and you require trust in your integrity there need to be some checks and balances on on your integrity and um but the thing is is that you know someone needs to be there it's all very well having regulation but someone needs to be enforcing those regulations and we just haven't seen that so um it's not to be relied upon but i'm hoping that it will kind of give a bit of a clear out to the crypto space and clear out some of the crap that doesn't need to be there yeah mm -hmm. I Totally agree. We do need some sort of level of regulation. 
Um, but does that mean that then we can go buy every single crypto that comes out on every single exchange? Absolutely not. But it is necessary. And if we want full worldwide adoption, the reality is, is that we do need that regulation. That's when I think a lot, like when we have proper regulation, or at least definitely better than where it is that we are now, that's going to allow for a lot of institutions and big money to really flow in as well. So I'm excited about regulation when I will know that there's somebody that's say in charge of that, that actually knows what they're doing because, and not even that they know what they're doing, but maybe it could be more their morals. Exactly. Their moral (laughs) values. Because like I watch these interviews with Gary and I'm like, well, I really hope he's not lying under oath because if he is, then it's just going to show that probably he just has, well, regardless without the probably, he has really bad morals and values. And if on the other hand, he wasn't lying, what the hell do we have somebody making these rules and choices and everything, which at the end is nothing because they've done absolutely nothing, um, who doesn't even understand really crypto and blockchain or hasn't even experienced it. Like, So I'm glad that this is all coming up. Thank you, Eclipse, for bringing it yeah. Light. <laughs> as no, per what? I said, as per usual, Eclipse bringing things to light. Oh yeah, the self responsibility is a huge thing. I like how um how you mentioned that, Claire. I I said that in my um a reel that I recorded last night. How there's so much like odd darkness floating out right now, but the coming to light is that people are really starting to take this personal responsibility for themselves and who they are and I think like I mean in terms of regulation too people having a certain maybe there could be like a certain level of discernment within that as well like you know education before legislation okay like let's teach people how to research and how to think for themselves you know there that's a whole other bloom I would love to see happen in this Aquarian age yeah well I think I think um again it it ties in exactly with that tale of two timelines there will be people who choose to do that and there will be you know the people who don't want to take responsibility for themselves they they will always want um somebody else to blame somebody else to be responsible and I realized over the last couple of years, there are a lot of people that actually, it's not even, they're not even concerned with what's right or what's wrong. They would rather be wrong, but as long as the whole crowd is wrong with them, you know, yes. they they would rather be wrong than be, with uh-huh. the whole crowd than be right alone, you know? And I, I think that that's sort of interesting, but I, um, yeah, I think that that kind of just sort of leads to enslavement, really. <laughs> Um, right. If, if you if you don't want to step into that. But I think I mean, look, Gary Gins is interesting. I think he's just a I think he's a useful idiot. Honestly, I think he's purposely <laughs> ambiguous um, right. because, you know, basically there, there just needs to be certainty. There needs to be clarity with um, with regulation. It's either this or it's not, you know, it's the ambiguity that um that is a problem and he knows that um and um that slows adoption because um investors don't like ambiguity 
And yeah. um, so I think that, that that is all part of it. Um, but I think it is very detrimental again to the US. The, the real winners, I think, in the um, cloudy, um, questionable crypto or non-existent really crypto regulation in the US is that it's pushing people to London, it's pushing people to Hong Kong, you know, um, they're moving, talent is moving out of the US. And that's, that's really sad to see, you know, but um, yeah, that it is what it is. So it'll be interesting to see, to see how it unfolds. Very true. There's a lot of dark night of the soul going on within the US. Um, there's attack on every single system here. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, like a the attack, I should say, it's um, it's a hundred percent for profit attack. There's a specific group of people who are profiting. For, I mean, and that's nothing new, but we're seeing it kind of on steroids now. The um, you know, like the water, the food, the agriculture, the pharmaceutical system, the media, the social media, the trends on so it's just like the US dollar <laughs> like it's really yes. very my my question to that sorry I didn't mean to interrupt go on no you're good my, my question to that is where is that not happening in the world to some sort of level and extent right now no I, I think it's just more heightened in the US because the US has just gone through its Pluto return right so oh, you know the US is yeah, exactly. It's the dominant power in the world also. So I think it's just, it's heightened. It's much more heightened because of America's prominence in the world, you know, um, so it's much more obvious. But I mean, Europe's definitely going through it as well, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And I think these, you know, emerging, well, I you can't call them emerging anymore. They're emerged, you know, markets like um, China, India, you know, they're, they're sort of blossoming i think i you just had made me have like this light bulb moment on the 20th of april which was the eclipse day yes um the uh france released officially the euro stable coin which they've already announced as a cbdc mm. and super criticized super like the coding's horrible there's just all yeah. these issues with it but they just went ahead 20th of april or just came on out well yep. we talked about in our last podcast how there's some, something's gonna happen that's a big i mean many things have happened but that's a pretty big deal it is a pretty big deal yeah i'm trying to find the article but um yeah, if I do, I might add later on a little bit more to that. But yeah, it's happening. It's happening. And I think it's also one of the reasons that we saw Bitcoin's price go down because a lot of people, probably a lot of even more, let's say, older school investors were just like, oh, okay, well, I guess Bitcoin's not happening. CBDCs are. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. Well, to each their own self-responsibility. <laughs> exactly. Exactly yeah um coming back to bitcoin what do you think is coming up next with our uh next eclipse 
I I think this next um the next eclipse I think it's the full moon lunar eclipse mm -hmm. in Scorpio. So and it's also in the fifth house, so around education and learning. So that's funny that we're talking about education before legislation and um yeah. you know, I think again, like things like that are gonna be highlighted um in, in that kind of realm. It's like um if you're waiting for legislation, if you're hoping that mommy and daddy government are going to save you, um, that's going to be highlighted. Or if you're someone that wants to educate yourself, then that's going to be highlighted. But um, Scorpio, you know, also transformation, power, intensity, you know, um, it's a heightened sense of emotion and intensity. Mm -hmm. um, so it really could lead to um, transformation or change, um, either positive or negative. So it's funny, I've sort of been feeling into this, um, this full moon eclipse. And funnily enough, I haven't seen any news this week. I haven't looked at any news this week um, at all. I've just been busy doing other things. And um, but I sort of feel that actually, there is something to come there is a spotlight like i said in the last episode the full moon and especially the eclipse it intensifies that spotlight you know being shone in areas and i actually feel that it's more going to be something to do with the traditional finance system as i said i haven't looked at any news whatsoever so i i don't really know what's going on in terms of like what that could possibly be um, yeah. But I'm feeling that that's more likely to be in traditional finance or mm. um, or in these areas of government um, yeah. rather than necessarily being in crypto. But, mm. um, you know, these things have a knock on effect to crypto as well. Um, so, yeah. And, and the eclipse just adds that extra layer of intensity. So, yeah, like I said, last time we had this literally on the day of the full moon and lunar eclipse we had ftx um halting withdrawals and then filing for bankruptcy so um yeah i mean it is it is a different time as well we were coming that was like the beginning of the bear market right so there was a ton of leverage in the market um so that was obviously a really big crash but um i'll be interested to see i feel like it's more in the areas of fiat currency and traditional finance is that we'll we'll see something maybe a bank collapse something like that interesting yeah i uh, i'm i'm just looking at the transit specifically of bitcoin and on so the next eclipse is going to be on the 5th of may 2023 the time is going to be 13 36 Eastern Standard Time, so that's 1.36 p.m. Um, and the aspects don't look that terrifying. And then yeah. I see Jupiter is squared with Bitcoin's natal Jupiter. And squared is not a fun aspect. Typically, it's mm -hmm. challenges, and it's happening with the planet of career and abundance and money with then the needle of career and abundance and money when it comes to Bitcoin. And all of it, again, is happening in the 10th house. Mm. So it's like this continuing story of maybe it is around regulation, people of authority and power, 
And in my notes, I literally had written down, beware of abuse of power and prestige, selfishness and arrogance. So really similar to what you just said, Claire. Um, Mm. And to not overestimate your resources, time and energy reserves. I feel like Mm. at a personal level, this is like, just in general for everybody it's like don't spend foolishly and this is a message I like keep receiving so I just keep receiving this message of be disciplined with your spending especially as Jupiter now has gone into Taurus um and you know we've spoken about Taurus a fair few times it's just like I just keep getting this message of being disciplined so it's happening again in the 10th house of Bitcoin specifically. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And then the yeah. only other one that I saw, oh, sorry, did you want to add something to that? Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing is with, um, with Bitcoin and terms of government and regulation and things like this, I think, um, I mean, the reality, the, the reality is, is that, Bitcoin itself cannot be regulated. So it's completely decentralized. It cannot be regulated by a government. So that's one of the most powerful elements of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Now, the governments can, and I think will at some point, um, you know, will regulate the things around Bitcoin. They will cut off the the banks so that you can't, you know, the on-ramps, off-ramps to exchanges and things like that. You know, there may even be countries that make it illegal to privately hold Bitcoin. I mean, mm-hmm. America did that with gold. And mm-hmm. um, so that that may actually happen. And um, I don't Think know. About how, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they'll police that, to be honest, or how they'll enforce that. But I think it will definitely mm-hmm. slow adoption. It will put people off adoption. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter, in my opinion. Um, you know, you would prefer it not to, but it's, you know, they, they actually can't regulate Bitcoin. And I think governments are are aware of this and they also walk a fine line because they don't want to create a sub economy, a shadow economy in their own country that they can't control. Like I always (laughs) think about this in terms of a country like Australia, Corinne, you know, it like they really the Australia the whole system in Australia requires buy-in to the system and everyone buys into it because you know and people buy into it when they feel like they can win in that system when they feel like they're winning they have a good quality of life they're expanding they're growing but when people start to feel like they can't win in that system that's when they start to sort of lose faith in that system and you do see that um and so governments are aware of that and i think that's why they don't go so hard after bitcoin because they don't want to push people into bitcoin and sort of outlaw you know regular members of the public that they actually need to buy into their system as well so it's i think they play this balancing game um, mm-hmm. I think they'd love to just cut off Bitcoin entirely, but I think they know that they, um, I think they, they more play the game at the moment of like, oh, it's so irrelevant that we, we don't care about it. But, um, you know, that they, they sort of try and discredit it in that way. 
but um, I think they're very conscious of that fact. They don't want to be pushing people into it. And a little later, I'm going to talk about Chiron and um, we can talk a little bit more in detail about that too. I'd love to talk more about Chiron for sure. Yeah, the just to kind of wrap up then to talk about the aspects for this eclipse. Um, like I said, it, there wasn't like a lot, a lot. The only kind of other thing that I saw was Pluto. So Pluto is going to be in conjunction with Bitcoin's natal Jupiter. Again, planet mm. of abundance of money um, with, you know, the planet of death and rebirth and psychological turmoil as well as the natal Mercury of Bitcoin while Mercury is going through retrograde. So, um, you know, I think that just, that kind of just shows us further challenges that Bitcoin must go through. And this one was interesting because it's happening in Bitcoin's sixth house. So that is about, in financial astrology, we would class that as like the employees of a project of a company. So I personally always take the sixth house for Bitcoin as the traders, the people that use Bitcoin um, mm. on a day basis, not so much the investors, because I feel like there's a really big difference between an investor and a trader. Like I'm talking like leverage trader that doesn't care the price of Bitcoin. Um, so I feel like it's going to be a bit of like a challenge for those who are trading Bitcoin, not sure if, again, maybe we're going to see massive value, uh, massive amounts of liquidation around this point, uh, mm-hmm. which I mean, we saw that with the last eclipse, literally the biggest amount of liquidations that we've seen all of 2023 happened um, around the eclipse. And even here, I just wrote, like, be careful not to sacri- sacrifice yourself around this eclipse. Again, like, be super disciplined with your finances. And this teaches you to, I don't know why it came out like this, but I'm just going to read it. It teaches you not to be full of yourself and to start to deal with your failures. That sounds pretty Mm -hmm. aggressive, but that's probably a bit of the Pluto energy there. (laughs) I love Pluto energy. (laughs) It's the Eastern European in me. Right, exactly. The very direct, which, hey, sometimes is better. Like, no beating around the bush. This is the way that it should be. And it is, right? Um, Oh, and the last bit that I wrote there is it's a good time to undergo therapy. So, (laughs) yes, yay therapy. We love that. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's kind of like what I'm seeing from a crypto astrology looking at the transit specifically for Bitcoin. So, yeah, I that's feel like one of the, that's one of the biggest things about being a good trader, about learning to be a good trader mm-hmm. is learning when not to trade. Yes, yes, exactly. It's okay to take breaks sometimes and go get some therapy. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Ice cream. Just or ice cream. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chocolate brownies. Alex We're- knows. Which is ther- which is therapy, which is therapy in its own right. It is. In its own way. It is. It is. So I think yeah. one of the other things I wanted to say about the eclipse that I, and, and also Mercury retrograde, it's like always bringing things back around. Like, mm. um, you know, so it's funny because the things from the last eclipse season 
seem to be popping up again just during this wind this eclipse season window we're hearing you know ftx is possibly coming back oh so my God. you know the the people who ran celsius are starting another thing and i just think it's like i mean i think it's ridiculous like i i honestly have to laugh but people are wanting to back them again people will follow them again and i just i mean i i think it's insane but it's so <laughs> funny I, I don't know why i'm surprised by these things because it comes up time and time again it happens in our own life and it reflects in the crypto market it reflects in the in the wider world and you know in the realm of like personal ascension and energetic purification you kind of like recognize these energetic blocks and behaviors and belief systems that are no longer serving you and you work through them and you release them but you will always be tested and it's like rather than being a test like it will all this kind of similar situation will always come back around and present itself and it's not necessarily like a pass fail test it's more an opportunity to choose again like it's an opportunity for you to where you choose to align with your higher self and high self-worth behavior and transcend that previous wound or will you revert back to your old low self-worth patterns and you know operate again from your wounded self and it's so funny that it oh. plays out like that's what i see these things as in crypto it's like an opportunity these people have proven to you that they have zero integrity but you know there's i there's something that popped up on youtube and it was someone like oh ftx is opening again it's gonna pump and i was just like to you it's about alignment like are you really that desperate for a dollar that you will mm -hmm. align to such a lack of integrity oh, um, you know just just for just for money like it's so it's so tacky but again it's that whole thing playing out again it's like are you going to revert back to your old behaviors are you going to mm -hmm. run into the fire again are you going to get burnt again um and yeah i mean it's just such a the macro is always an amplification of the micro right and the micro mm -hmm. is always a fractal of the macro and um, yeah, it's just the nature of this holographic reality, basically. And um, so I think it's just fascinating that the eclipse sort of brought the timing of that, the eclipse sort of brought that back around. And you know what I just noticed, as you said that, that we're already coming so close to Pluto going into retrograde, mm -hmm. still in Aquarius. But not long is it going to be like mid start of June and Pluto's going right back into Capricorn. And, you know, it's like we've now started to see a bit of the preview of what all of this is actually going to be like and play out like in 2024. But at the end of, you know, Sorry, to, to try and put my words together. 10 p.m. really doesn't work. My brain is like, bing, bing, what's going on, Corinne? Um, for the end of 2023, we're going to be back in Capricorn. Pluto why? back in Capricorn. What do you mean, why? 
like how did like what do you like how does I don't understand because Pluto's going in retrograde retrograding so back retrograde okay, so actually goes back a sign yeah 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 it does so okay. because from earth from earth even though it looks like an optic and it is it's an optical illusion making it look like um that planet's orbiting the incorrect way it's still from earth perceived and we see it as going back into Capricorn. So that's when I say like that we, this whole Pluto and Aquarius right now, like it's still not established. This is a preview. This is a preview of what's to come. So on the 11th of June, it's going back into Capricorn. And what I guess I'm trying to say here is that what we've seen since 2008 until recently it's going to all play out again. Like we're going to go back to this money, the hard money, build businesses and all this stuff until we're going to be fully back into Pluto in Aquarius at the start of 2024. And FTX, Celsius stepping on in right now is setting themselves up perfectly mm. for the end of this year. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, eventually in the coming years, these people will learn because they're going to have to. It's all written in the astrology. The way we make money and perceive money and use money is all about to change. We still have a few years to come, but it's For all sure. going to change. Yeah. We're in, that's why Bitcoin is here, really, you know, to shift shift our relationship with money this yeah. is to put the most basic terms ever you know the to um to shift our relationship with like slave mentality mm -hmm. yeah that we didn't even that people didn't even know that we had they you don't know, even know we have that i was thinking about that today oh my gosh that a lot of people you could say that i remember when i was introduced to that statement in 2015, that's when I learned about Bitcoin and my friends who are huge, were and are huge Bitcoin investors and they, they loved it. So they loved it with, they love it with their heart. They were like, you know, the US dollar is, is a slave system and it's not even backed by gold. And they just went, you know, and on and on and on. It's just paper being printed. There's no integrity you know, it's not really real. It's, and I couldn't understand that idea. And now I'm like, I wish, I wish I did. But so my point is like me then is what a lot of people are like. Now you tell them that, you know, you're trying to do, you do so much for a dollar and it's like, we're in this like slave system and it's not out of alignment. It does come from like fear and desperation, but that's like how we've been taught as a society for so long is like they're with like the lower class or even the middle class the people who don't really know is that the this carrot is like dangling with the dollar in front of their face and it's people base their whole entire self-worth on this and um i'm very ex bitcoin gives me a lot of hope for that consciousness to shift yeah. i love it yeah yeah I think Bitcoin holds a completely different energetic. Um, mm -hmm. And um, 
I, I was actually thinking about this the other day when I did that, um, when I recorded with Robert Breedlove, that episode yes. with Robert Breedlove. Yay! Can we all so just again? That's so amazing. If you guys don't know who Robert Breedlove is, like, this is a big deal. Go, Claire. <laughs> Thank you. Go listen yeah. to it. It will change yeah. your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I really appreciate him giving me the time. It was really good. But um, I was thinking, you know, one of the questions that I asked him was really like, how has this, um, you know, shaped humanity, this idea that we've been, you know, we've been in the system that is completely corrupt? Um, and how has that shaped like how we, you know, our morality, our evolution, our, um, you know, our way of being, how we view wealth? And um I think it, it is really fascinating. And what it sort of brings to mind is when it comes to um, like material possessions, material wealth in terms of spirituality, there's sort of two lines. And there's one that's like complete detachment. It's considered very low vibrational energy state to be in, to be in wanting, to be in craving, to be in desire. And so it's it's more of a denial of a rejection of of material of material right of the material realm and then you have the um like more mysticism route which is more about um as a physical being you have the power and have the and deserve to manifest everything that you want in this lifetime, every material, everything in this material plane, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so really the mentality with that, with mysticism is manifest all the material things that you've ever desired and whatever, because then you can get to the point where you realize it's not it. And you can mm -hmm. get to the other side of it where you can actually start to dig deeper into the deeper philosophical questions of life what you're really on this planet to do. And um, I, I really think, I wonder about that. Like, what have we missed out on as a society? Because I think in this fiat-based monetary system, you just never get there. You never get wow. to that point. It's always, no matter how much you have, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter who you are, you always are still having to defend grow you know because that's just the nature of that system like I was even watching succession the other day um I don't know if you guys watch that show but I love it um I won't give it away but you know the main character on there Logan Roy is this huge media mogul billionaire and I was thinking about this concept and watching the show and I'm like he's in his 80s and he's still defending the realm you know he's still having to defend his empire work every day and I just think what if we missed out on in society people's giftings evolution of society by mm. you know just being trapped in forever having to create create protect defend you know um fight for this fiat monetary system so yeah, I thought I just thought that was like an interesting concept that came up. I just took notes on everything you just said. I think that's such a big question is like, what have we missed out on as a society is that like the the evolution of the collective consciousness of understanding our worth 
and not having to chase a dollar and be stuck in that, you know, that mentality of the character that you just described. Like, I mean, from such a young age, I realized I saw how people created their lives. And I said, I will, I refuse to create in a way where I'm not creating for my heart. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, that's just like the Aquarius in me, like truly, but it, it it's wild. That's a great question. And I'm glad now it's popped out into the ether of this podcast, which will be popped into many people's ears. So here's yeah. Yeah, no, I thought there was a lot of good things that he that raised raised in that podcast. But that, you know, I I even did say in the podcast episode as well, like you can really see even how sort of, you know, like pop culture, mainstream society defines wealth. You know, yeah. it's it's bullshit. Actually, you know, it's it's not yeah. it's not true wealth. Like if you if you don't have assets, you you're not wealthy. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have if you don't have assets you're not wealthy you're not building wealth sorry that's just my opinion but um the thing is with that as well is that you know in pop culture you it's very celebrity view of wealth and there's this like buy a mcmansion and calabasas buy a lambo you know mm-hmm. and these kind of things that's not wealth it's just this sort of momentary expression of excess you know it's not true wealth whereas that's sort of what um society is is held up as aspirational whereas it's it's a lie you know it's fake it's you're you know probably one mortgage repayment away from that house not belonging to you you probably lease the lambo do you know what i mean it's it's Mm -hmm. a fake perception of wealth and i think that's totally tied in with that fiat system that we've been living under yes Mm -hmm. uh agreed agreed 100 percent to everything you've just said Mm -hmm. but yeah but i love these um i love these bitcoin maxis like i really appreciate them like um robert breedlove is obviously one of them he's amazing his show what is money is like got over 300 episodes and it's really fantastic there's a few other people like Jeff Booth also I really, really love and appreciate. Um, there's another guy that I think I probably saw on Robert's podcast. I think his name is Eric Casson. And it's just like these people really have like a gift of like lifting your vision above the drama of the 3D Like, I don't know if you listen in the podcast towards the end when I was asking him about like, where are we now? Where are we going in 10 years? I was expecting him to sort of talk about like where the States is and, you know, all these, all these goings on now. And he's kind of like talking about the nation state, you know, not being the, you know, a world where the nation state is actually not even the dominant force in the world. Right. So I think these guys all have this gifting to be able to lift your vision above the drama of what is going on right now and um you know hold a higher vision for for the world that you want to see and then be able to align the choices that you make today with that vision you know so i think that i really appreciate people that um put themselves out there like that and share their big ideas it's good I want to be that when I grow up. Yeah, me too. Me too. I aspire. I aspire to be that. 
right like that's so beautiful and you know we just continue talking about the heart the heart the heart and that's exactly what it is and that's what I think that the future is headed towards sometimes we do and we spoke about this last week sometimes we do get caught up in all that darkness and every drama that's happening in the 3d right now but it's like when you look at the bigger picture the bigger vision and especially bitcoin maxis you know i know we spoke about this earlier or before um you know we started recording and just the fact that you know sometimes these bitcoin maxis are looked at like such this negative like oh they only believe in bitcoin and it's like well no if anything they believe in such this greater vision and that's why that's why i'm obsessed with crypto that's why yeah. i'm obsessed about talking about crypto and web3 because i'm like look at what it's bringing to the world like literally the point of bitcoin is to bring power to the people when i look at bitcoin's birth chart when i look at bitcoin's purpose through its birth chart I want to cry of happiness because I'm like, that's my ideal world. Like that is a beautiful world that Bitcoin is, has really come out to like help create. Then obviously it's going to be to us people, whether we choose to focus on the greater vision and mission or on all of the darkness, right? So I just got really excited. I see you were saying all of that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what like I see. Yeah, it, no, I got so excited too. And that's, that's why I, I, I love Bitcoin. And that's this whole thing of being able to just have a completely different world where you don't feel like you're in chains because you owe someone money and you can't give it to them. Like, it's just this whole, and that's like common, like, oh, I can't pay my bill this month or I have to maneuver my money around to be able to do this. Like, it's like, what is, what is that system? And just printable money made from nothing. It's like, it just feels so old. It feels so old. And hearing that there are people who have this beautiful vision of freedom, like freedom on all levels of being. Um, It just feels right. Feels right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert does say he doesn't define himself as a Bitcoin maximalist. He defines himself as a freedom maximalist, but he sees Bitcoin as a means to an end, you know, and that is, you know, human freedom and um abundance i think flourishing human freedom and flourishing i think is what he said so yeah super grateful for people like these guys um and want to see more women in the space that are sharing these ideas and i guess we're it we're it i messaged claire after the podcast and i was like i'm becoming a bitcoin maxi like i just am going all in yeah I think it's funny funny when we talk about that because it's like, as I said, as as I've said previously, I think Bitcoin just holds a completely different energetic to the rest of crypto. Like, and as you girls know, you know, I I am also a trader. I do trade these other currencies, but they're just a trade to me. They're just, you know, we still live in the fiat system, so you know, um, they're just a trade to me. But Bitcoin holds a completely different energetic, and it's this metaphysical quality that i find the most interesting part about bitcoin like but people are so obsessed with bitcoin's price in us dollars i think that is the least interesting thing about bitcoin 
but this metaphysical element that really sort of separate, you know, sets itself. It's an upgrade from goals. This um, mm -hmm. metaphysical quality is so fascinating and um, and I think really important to, to our world. It's yeah. definitely proof of evolution of human consciousness connecting us globally in a way that is fixed. You know, you can't print more of it. It's programmed. And it, it allows, I think it will allow people to, um, to like be free. You said something really interesting on that podcast, Claire, and it was about how there's a minimum supply of it or mm -hmm. a fixed supply of it. And you were talking about the irony of it, but I can't remember what you said. Do you remember? I do. So it's um, because there'll only ever be 21 million bitcoins. So it's absolute scarcity. It's the first time mm -hmm. we've ever had absolute scarcity. And the interesting irony about that is that when you, ins and at the moment, our fiat currency is never ending. They can inflate it to what, to, you know, to infinity, basically. They can just carry on printing, printing, printing. And we live in a, and we live in a world where the money supply is infinite, but there is scarcity. However, when you introduce absolute scarcity into the money, money supply, you minimize scarcity in the world. Yes, thank you. So, yeah, so there's a lot of shift. And it is, it's just, it's so Aquarian age. And I think sometimes I find it frustrating because people, I mean, people think I'm insane because I love Bitcoin, you know? They, they're just <laughs> like, okay, okay, crazy person. That's sweet that you think Bitcoin is going to save the world. But um, you know what I mean? Um, oh, that, you know what you mean. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I live where I live here, right? I, there's, a, there's a group of like retired Swiss bankers. And I don't see them that often because I don't play golf. But I see them every Christmas, you know, um, at Christmas drinks. And um, I guess in 2021, I first, I think I jokingly said something like, oh, well, Bitcoin fixes this. And they were so condescending about Bitcoin, like beyond, beyond. And I was just like, oh, God, I can't mention this ever again. But anyway, I thought I would take the opportunity to ask them a lot of different things that are happening, you know, in the world. The inverted yield curve, you know, um, BRICS nations, you know, all of these different things, de-dollarization, and they poo-pooed them all. They were like, oh gosh, you know, no, 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 that's all extreme and everything like that. And then this last Christmas, I was getting ready to go to Christmas drinks. And the Christmas before, I think Bitcoin had come down a little bit. It was like 40K or something. This Christmas, Bitcoin was in the gutter. And I was dreading going. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to need a lot of wine to get through this conversation. <laughs> Um, you know, and they all of the things that I had asked them about previously that they were like, oh, that's ridiculous. It had actually started to unfold. Right. And um, they actually were kind of a lot gentler with me this last Christmas. But I guess there is a certain level of humility that comes when Credit Suisse is trading like a ship coin. So um, but yeah, so, you know, you always get this you, you have this people think you're crazy, but I think you don't understand, you can't understand Bitcoin unless you are ready to lean into the Aquarian age. 
Like that's really my my thought process on it. Well, everybody has till the end of 2023, start of 2024, because then we're fully, I feel like with that official Pluto into Aquarius. Yeah. And so much more astrology, which we won't get into that's coming at the start of 2024. It's like, if you're listening to this, you're probably in the right place at the right time, starting to shift your mindset on all of this too. Yeah, absolutely. Do so we, I what about Chiron. Yes, yes. I think this actually segues beautifully what we were just talking about. But so Chiron is um, in the ninth house of foreign affairs and in Aries. So um, Chiron is a celestial body that is often referred to as the wounded healer. So um, its astrological significance lies in its association with healing and with transformation. And it represents the areas of our lives where we may feel wounded or vulnerable or insecure and where we may need to focus our healing efforts. So Chiron, though, it's so interesting, the dynamics, because with the wounds, there's always the gift. With the gift, there's always the wound. It's like this um, synchronistic dynamic. And so Chiron also represents the potential for transformation and growth that comes from acknowledging and healing our wounds. So transits of Chiron can also bring about significant opportunities for healing and transformation. So this transit, you know, the planets show us what is happening. So it's Chiron, it's highlighting our vulnerabilities, giving the opportunity for transformation and growth. And the signs then show us how it's happening. So it's Aries, so that means it's around action and initiative um, is how it's happening. And then the houses show us where it's happening. And so that's in the ninth house. So there are potential wounds or challenges related to foreign affairs. So that's the broader astrology. Now, when I think of um, when I think of Chiron, I think of this concept anti-fragile, which was coined a term coined by Nassim Taleb in his book called Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain From Disorder. And um, in his book, he refers to a system, entity, or organism that doesn't merely withstand stresses or shocks, but it actually benefits from them. So it thrives under pressure, adapting and improving in response and becoming stronger and more resilient as a result. So you can think of it like the human immune system like when the human immune system is mm. challenged it then um, grows stronger in response and so this is such a beautiful concept to think about chiron and also to think about bitcoin um, because bitcoin's natal chiron is in aquarius so its potential wound or challenge is related to its sense of independence, uniqueness, and innovation. So kind of what we were just talking about. It's so unique and um, may have been excluded or rejected for being different and for not conforming to societal norms. I mean, this just sums up Bitcoin, really. Um, so the, pres <laughs> the prescription for healing um, can come through embracing the unconventional, breaking free from traditional societal expectations, embracing one's individual individuality and unique qualities in order to align with one's true self. So as you know, 
again, we're talking about that's what Bitcoin is all about. It's aligning to integrity. It's aligning to transparency. So, um, yeah, so it's really embracing those qualities that allow us to not have to trust we can verify. Um, and so it also involves breaking down societal, bar social barrier and societal barriers and working towards greater social justice. So, you know, I think that that really does um, sum up Bitcoin, um, you know, and, you know, every time Bitcoin has been attacked, like every time Bitcoin is banned, like I was saying before, every time Bitcoin was is banned by a government, it only makes Bitcoin stronger. It pushes people into Bitcoin and it makes Bitcoin stronger. It all, every time Bitcoin is dealt a killer blow, quote unquote killer blow, I think, I think Bitcoin has been labeled dead like over 300 times at this point. <laughs> um, and it just bounces back stronger. So it's like, you know, this decentralized network is like the immune system in the human body every time um, a stressor or an attack is introduced, it it comes back and it, it it helps it build and it helps it grow stronger. So <laughs> this first human time, evolution. Sorry? That's human evolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's quite beautiful. And so um this is the first time that we've seen this um seen Chiron transit Aries since 1976. So um, that was the year that both Apple and Microsoft were incorporated. But mm -hmm. um, I wanted to sort of think in terms of this wounded healer, it was also the year that Jimmy Carter was elected as US president. And he was actually the first ever US, the first US president from the deep South since the Civil War. So it like yeah. has that sort of sense of, healing again like a, a wounded healing and um also there was um the peaceful nuclear explosions treaty was also signed i actually said this wrong the, the nuclear proliferation treaty was was not signed i said that in the last episode but it was actually called the peaceful nuclear explosions treaty and it was a bilateral agreement between the us and the ussr um which basically put a threshold on peaceful nuclear explosions and testing. So, wow. you know, beautiful diplomacy. So I'm wondering if we can start to see some of these kind of healings in our world right now. You know, we could do with some healing diplomacy, especially between the U.S. and, the, and Russia. Um, <laughs> and... Even, you know, when I saw about Jimmy Carter being the first, you know, U.S. president from the South since the Civil War, it just made me think of, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. is going, you know, up for off, is is going up for election. And um, I just thought that's what it brought to mind for me. So really interesting. That's like, what are the chances? Like, there's a lot of everything just aligns and comes back out. When did you say this was? 1976. I'm going to go back and look more on that year. I'm so interested in all of that. How, this is something I can't think of off the top of my head and you ladies might know, and it'd be great for everybody who's listening also to know. Chiron, how 
often does that move? Because if that's been from 76, that's like 40 years, almost 50 years. Since it was last. Um, And what are the chances that, as you were saying all of that, I went and looked at this next eclipse mm. and Chiron is going through Bitcoin's Midhaven. And the Midhaven has everything to do with career, prestige, reputation. So the way that people, the public views you. And if Chiron's going through that, it's kind of like, I have this written here, like your inner wounds and past traumas are key to opening new doors to your potential new career path Mm. wow wow yay bitcoin going through it (laughs) yeah yeah and and there's um so chiron is approximately 50 years to come full circle so it's pretty slow moving and um so so they are impactful and i just i think Mm -hmm. um you know yeah, Bitcoin's Chiron is is the um, is in Aquarius, and it's just it's always Chiron is just such a, an interesting concept. It's the play, it's the point of our greatest pain, but it's always it's also the flip side of our greatest strength. You know, if we can kind of embrace that pain, and it's so it's so interesting because we all know that like having a perfect problem free life does not breed good humans like it doesn't straight it doesn't breed strong human beings like mm-hmm. i don't know about you but i'm always just really drawn to and attracted to people who've been through some shit you know like i'm not interested like i, I want to i i'm interested in people that have you know gone through through some stuff in life have experienced some things in life because I just find those people much more interesting and much more thoughtful, much more compassionate and, you know, challenges and wounding brings those characteristics out in us and it just strengthens us. So again, when we look at Bitcoin in, you know, Bitcoin's Chiron and Aquarius, like the thing that we love about Bitcoin is that it's so unique. It's so special. Um, But it also, was rejected laughed at cancelled like you know for for being so different and so disruptive so it's quite fascinating i love it yes oh i'm like processing all of that that was a lot but in a really good i love how everything aligns I, you just can't make this stuff up. Like when I was studying this, like I obviously I saw the Chiron transit and I was like, okay, let me have a look deeper. And then I had a look on Bitcoin's natal chart and I was like, I can't make, you can't make this up. Like it's, it's just kind of wild. I think I'm always blown away by Bitcoin's natal chart. Say it again, whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is or was or is to be, I don't know. I feel like, like they really knew what they were doing. They Didn't really... I compare him to God at one point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, to some extent, I don't know if I'm comfortable comparing it to God, but, um, you know. On a micro I, level. Yeah, yeah. And it does bring, it does bring out these, these qualities also. I think one of the most interesting things to me about Bitcoin as well, or more in an effort to attempt to understand Bitcoin, it has brought up more questions and asked me to challenge myself on my own belief systems, my own values, my own integrity. And I just think that that's just this fascinating um, phenomena. It's almost like a reverse Lord of the Rings phenomena. You know what I mean? It's like drawing you into more integrity, I think, um, which is, is fascinating. I never really thought that that's what it would do when I first started looking into Bitcoin. It helps humans, human consciousness evolve if you really choose to, like you said, look into it. And it's it's almost difficult at first to understand how the system of Bitcoin in a nation, on a global nation can work because of how, at least growing up in the U.S., how programmed um, the mind of, you know, dollar slavery is. but. Um, I digress to where I was, where I was going with this, but uh, human evolution, it it helps humans evolve. If it's helping you question yourself, it's helping other people question themselves and all the listeners. Now they're going (laughs) to be researching Bitcoin and questioning their beliefs on money and the dollar and gold and value and the history and the now and where we're going. Uh, My therapist always says what we do in the now is what creates the future. Mm. I maybe we can come towards an end with this. I just received this meme slash picture where it says gold is physical, fiat is political, and it says Bitcoin is mathematical. And I think I'm gonna reply without the I think and I say Bitcoin is metaphysical. Exactly. I was just yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Should we should we close on that? The eclipse energy. Everything's shaken up as rather than it what it usually would be. So yeah. a lot of time to go into your own energy. I'm I'm really feeling that. Like, I don't know if you ladies are struggling to speak. I like really am. And it's like, oh, that's what this, that's just what's been happening. This energy. Yeah. But let's embrace them. (laughs) Yeah. I think the energetic of the eclipses is always just, um, you know, it's like the waves crashing over you. And so you just need to like take a deep breath, and sort of sit down on the calm of the bottom of the ocean, let the waves crash over you, and then you can pop back up when it's all when it's all um, when it's all calmer when the storms pass. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I appreciate you, ladies. Have a beautiful day, beautiful evening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us feedback let us know your thoughts your emotions any questions as well um and i'm excited for the next one 
See you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope that our discussions about cryptocurrency, trading, the faces of the moon, and spirituality have inspired you to explore these topics further. As always, DYOR, do your own research. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off of these perception expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. Until next time, these are your hosts signing off. May the stars align in your favor and your Bitcoin investments prosper. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Namaste.